Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Hey, thanks again for joining us on Veteran Wealth Secrets. I'm your host, Scott Tucker, founder of US Vet Wealth and author of the book of the same name, Veteran Wealth Secrets. So make sure you ch check it out on Amazon. And really, I think that the idea for today's show is to talk about the idea of blue collar jobs. Uh, so often in the military transition space, we're so focused on this whole resume, recruiting, interview, hiring process that leads you to the big corporations so that you can you know, fall back in, in line of kind of following orders and getting in with the corporation. And yet we're leaving on the table what would often be called a blue collar job. And I think that's a unique opportunity in this day and age to really take back control of a lot of your time and build skill sets. Because in this day and age, the blue collar skill sets are way more valuable. So maybe they don't pay as much in the beginning on an hourly rate or in an annual salary. But think about this. How often have you heard about someone like a plumber becoming a millionaire? Because they eventually, they started off really how the how America got started. It wasn't this whole thing where when America started, people didn't go to jobs or corporations. No, really, they became apprentices for an expert in something. And then they became an expert themselves and they went and started their own thing. They went and translated those skills into their own business to a different part of town. But now in the internet age, you can take blue-collar blue type skills and apply them in, in so many different ways. Even if the blue-collar blue job is just giving you time so that you can build other skill sets, follow other passions, and try to make other sources of income in different ways. So I'm real excited to talk with Rich Camacho of Blue Recruit and get his thoughts on getting veterans looking at the blue collar job opportunity landscape. And I think this, this should go for all levels because really it's a different marketplace. It's your choice to choose your identity and not just label it to your next job. It's extremely powerful. Take a listen to this episode. And if you got some thoughts, if you think this applies for you, if you learned anything from it, please do us a favor, go to iTunes, uh, rate and review, share this episode with a friend, make sure you're checking out Rich and Blue Recruit and giving them a shot or letting people know they're available to help out veterans in a slightly different way. So hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. All right.
right, welcome back to Vettermost Secrets. I'm Scott Tucker. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you're subscribing. We're, we're having a great time on these interviews where uh, we want to learn the secrets uh, for people still on active duty, whatever it is to get you, you to where you are in your career. You found some sort of secret along the way. If you're in transition, you're learning things on the fly, things that you can share with others. And of course, if you're already a veteran and you've probably gone through different versions of transition, when you come across something or, or want have something to share or had some epiphanies, that's what this show is all about. And, and that's why I'm excited to have what I've just discovered fellow army uh lacrosse player rich camacho how, how you doing brother hey scott how are you Nah, we're doing great um real excited to chat with a fellow lax bro of course but d- definitely want to get into uh, what you're up to a little bit about if you could share just a little bit about kind of how you came out of the military and ended up looks like running your own recruiting agency which is a, a huge step why don't you share a little bit about what's going on with you these days i know we're in a different time <laughs> then probably if we were having this conversation a, le- a year ago, I'd like to what get back. To- what, what, what's going on? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. It's for, for my business. I was already 99% doing zoom calls and stuff, but I know there's things changing in the environment. I know blue recruit has a very specific type of person that you're serving and, and, and that might be drastically impacted, I'm assuming. So anyways, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are about and we'll go from there. No, well, thank, thanks for having me today and morning to everybody. Unfortunately, I think we might have lost like half the audience when they found out it was just going to be two lax bros talking. Yeah, to yeah, guys. two West Point guys. Oh, yeah, God. like, uh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, we're doing a blue recruit. As Scott mentioned, Army lacrosse guy, West Point, turned to Army Aviation, served for about eight, nine years in that. As soon as I found out, I'd be flying a desk for the rest of my life. I was like, hey, peace. Yeah. And for about four years, was in an agency where we were helping fellow veterans transition out of the service and find themselves into kind of early career kind of developmental type roles in corporate America and quickly realize that there's really nothing out there, no service, no organization that is particularly targeting blue collar skilled laborers. Myself and a couple other founders last year, we created Blue Recruit. I'm super fortunate to be the CEO and we have a software platform that's really like the match.com for blue collar workers. The worker, the skilled uh, laborer creates a profile and then employers also have their own profiles. They say exactly what they're looking for. Our technology matches the two and they take it away from there. Wow, that that's amazing. You're not even just talking about, are you talking about veteran blue collar workers or across the board? There was nothing like this that existed. Yeah, so the, there is nothing out there that's specifically built for blue collar workers and in a lot of cases, someone going out there trying to be the a CTO, run, running a, a software company, they're going to have that, that resume, a portfolio of work that doesn't really make sense for an auto mechanic. I don't really care if an auto mechanic can write a one-page qualitative resume. I yeah. care that he or she can fix my truck. Yeah, I've done a thousand of these uh, you know, tires, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Like, cool. A resume means nothing. So what we did was, hey, list all of your, like for mechanics, for example, all your ASE certifications, all your licenses, all those experiences. And then uh, an auto shop says, hey, I need someone with the following ASE certifications. We match it. And then they go ahead and go from there. It's all done via mobile, which LinkedIn's great. Mm-hmm. Now, again, not made for plumbers. Right. It, a plumber isn't sitting at their desktop. It could be if they're a self-employed 
plumber running their, their own thing. But you might be able to use LinkedIn effectively to network in but to get a job, sure. But uh, what you're doing, it's, you're not talking about freelancing either, right? No. You're, this is to find in, employees. So what's it take to for someone coming out of the military? We always know we got to translate our skills, translate your certifications. How do they? But if they already have the skill sets or just need a couple more to be able to fit into to your new system, How's that looking for the typical veteran who's looking for more of a blue collar job, but a good one? Yes. Yeah. So we're really happy. We're looking to grow it right now. About 10% of all of our job seekers are veterans. Okay. And I think we can all relate that there's a lot of things that you do in the military. You learn in the military, you gain these experiences, but you never get like a certification for it. Think of uh, mechanics. Great example. Uh, fuelers, all tons of great skills. But you might never actually get an OSHA certification or a certification from add whatever uh, acronym you want to the end of it. So what, one, one thing that we try really hard to do is we created partnerships with community colleges all over the country where we can translate those skills, get you connected with a community college where you can actually oftentimes take those hours, take those experiences that you gained in the military, apply them to whatever program that community college has. And in a matter of weeks, maybe months, boom, you have a hard certification and you're now even more attracted to employers. And uh, is GI Bill work for that? Yeah. And, yeah uh, in, and in most cases, it's you know going to be completely free. Do you think there's enough veterans looking at this path versus go get the full degree, go compete against all these other people for these harder jobs. And frankly, you can thrive in this. Being a blue car worker isn't what it used to be, I'm assuming. I, I think we, we really have a generational problem Okay, where everyone my age, plus or minus a couple of years was told, hey, the only way you're ever going to succeed is if you go and get this four-year degree in whatever university and whatever degree, who cares, just go do it. And now you've got kids with ancient German literature degrees, $150,000 in debt. And if COVID's taught us anything, like if you go to Harvard and pay $40,000 for online school, you should be just slapped in the face. Like not a good use of funds. And, and really like across the street from me, uh, you know, there's Evan. He owns a plumbing company. He's got an awesome house, makes a great living, has zero debt coming out of school when, you know, when he first became a plumber mm -hmm. because he got he, he went through an apprenticeship got the experiences that he need, worked his way up. And and, and that, I, I think coaches, parents, chaplains, what, whatever it is, really have to stop uh, telling kids now, like the only way to do it is this kind of useless bachelor's degree. There's other courses, there's trade schools, vocational schools, community colleges, where you can come out with virtually zero debt and, and make a great living. And it's a great path mm -hmm. for veterans. No, I totally agree with that. I think Oftentimes we want to come out of the military and think, oh, I want to start a business. So I'm just going to go give it a shot, buy a franchise, whatever it is. Sometimes that goes well. Usually that ends up being in the kind of 95% failure rate. Oh, I gave it a shot, but I can always go get that job anyways and pull the veteran yeah. card. When in reality, it's like, no, go do something for a few years, white collar, blue collar, whatever. You're going to learn skill sets. Maybe you want to expand on, improve that business. I think that's, it looks to be like where you saw an opportunity to, hey, nobody's solving this problem. I'm going to go do my own thing and start it. But you did it after four years of apprenticeship, being in, learning the skill sets. So no, I love this new concept. Honestly, I've heard something along the lines of less than 4% of people using the post NLA. 9-11 GI Bill for a bachelor's degree, finish it. And so to use it in this more intentional way, I think would be 
huge for our community. So excited that would, would you share us a little bit about? I know there's something you wanted to talk about today that I'm guessing you know, you're working with a lot of civilian employers and employees. I'm assuming that have not been in the military. And there's always that confusion of, hey, we're not speaking the same language. Ironically, I was a Portuguese major at West Point. <laughs> so I, uh, I always make fun of my degree. Ended up helping me out because it put me in entrepreneurial situations when I was traveling the world. I had to figure things out. But but we learned to do things. Hey, we have orders in the military. We have SOPs that we have to follow. We also have things that you just know you're supposed to do. And I know you want to talk a little bit more about that. But yeah, go ahead. What do you want to say? about the implied task. Yeah, I, I like how you brought up the uh, the Portuguese major. I was an international relations and I'm not an ambassador to whatever country nowadays. Like right, once right. again, showing the bachelor's degree is not always the best way to go. But w- one thing that has definitely just slapped me in the face this last, these last you know, year and a half, two years mm. is the concept of implied task. We, we are so ingrained in the military. Take your youngest lieutenant. The first task that that young kid's going to get is most likely go run a qualification weapons range. I think every single young officer has been given that task. Mm -hmm. So your boss tells you, go run this range. Naturally, in your head, you're like, okay, I got to go get ammo. I have to go get a bunch of safety checks. I have to go get some MREs. I have to go reserve the land. Those are all those implied tasks that we've been ingrained and taught to to Mm -hmm. come up with. One thing that I think a lot of of veterans that, that, that we've that we screw up when we make the transition is assuming that everyone has that same kind of cultural background Mm. where implied tasks are in fact that implied. And, you know, me now in in the tech sector, I'm working with people with all different kinds of backgrounds, very few veterans uh, in, in the tech space. And when we put out a new product, for example, there's 60,000 different lines of code that need to get developed. And we literally have to spell all that stuff out and it's crazy. And it's on us, the veteran to understand that, Hey, we're now the minority. We're the ones that have to do a better job of communicating and really implying to others. And we can't get mad or frustrated. Like I often did in the beginning, like, why do you not know that you're supposed to do this? Like, how can we possibly get to a without going, you know, or the D without going ABC first? Yeah. Um, But you you cross the road without looking both ways. Yeah. I hear it. Yeah, but just remember, it's on us. We're the minority. We're the ones that have to adjust. And like you said earlier, I'll play the veteran card and get that new job. That only goes so far. Mm. And, and, and it really is that understanding. No one's doing you a favor when you go get a new job. Like, we're the ones that have to mold to their culture, just like we molded to the military's culture. Do we come out often saying, I learned all this stuff in the military, so therefore I'm the project manager. I'm the leader, so I'm coming in here. I you guys should be using, why wouldn't you use all this military structure? It seems so obvious. It, it, and I'm, I'm guessing we run into that a, a lot. How, how do we, I, that's one thing I like about being a language major. It's all about communication. If you are not communicating, how are you doing anything? And so you, you said it, you know, there's different cultures in a lot of way. We're quite lucky that if you read uh, Sebastian Younger's book, Tribe, like we're one of the few people in the modern, the human era that can almost have ex- an experience of what it was like to be in a tribe where you have to depend on each other and speak the same language and all that stuff. And we only get it for a little bit. And then we go off into the world, but people have been living all sorts of different lives. I don't know. How do you think we can, any, any tips on what, especially nowadays, we should be, how should our mindset be as we're going into this new world? I, I hate to say it, but I often have to go into situations and be like, all right, 
you have to be gentle, Rich, for the okay. situation. Like, <laughs> he doesn't know that he screwed this up. Okay. And, 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 and that is definitely different than how a lot of us were, I, I say, brought up our, our late teens, early 20s, where we're really molded into the people that we are. And I think one great thing that the military does do, and I've seen tons of, especially officers that I was running this, why aren't I now the boss? No, it's a different industry, a different, you didn't just come in and become the company commander. Like you had to be a lieutenant, a platoon leader. You went over on staff. It's the exact same thing in corporate America. And what I do expect of veterans is that they're going to be able to grow through the corporate ranks faster because they've already done in the military. But by no means should someone come in with some kind of expectation, hey, I am now the boss because I was the boss. Mm-hmm. When you do that transition from the military to civilian time to the civilian world, it's not lateral. It's not almost never is it an upward step. You're usually taking a step back, but you got to rely on that experience and then move faster through the ranks. Do, do you think going the blue collar route, people have more opportunity to rise faster in a way that might be counterintuitive? Because people think, hey, you get paid more at this type of a job. I'm just curious. We don't get to tear this side of the opportunity very much. But it sounds like the blue collar job, that's not who's showing up at the job fairs. So everything coming out of military transitions about perfect that resume, get that you know interview down pat. Where are the opportunities to steer more folks in your direction? Yeah, that that is a great point because like when you're going through, I don't even know what it's called now, taps or soldier transition. I, I feel like soldier for life. Leaving soldier the mili- for life now. Leaving the, <laughs> think about this for language. Leaving the military, yet it's called soldier for life. <laughs> We're not even getting the mindset. That is a very good point. Yeah. Like, no, always a Marine. Got yeah. it. But now you're not going to wear your uniform to work. They're not paying and, and, you. And, yeah, and we, we <laughs> got to make that mental transition. But one thing that I think, and, and this is something that we try really hard uh, to do is getting rid of like this negative connotation that mm-hmm. blue collar skilled workers have gotten like, oh, you're going to be dirty and greasy and you're never going to make more than $22 an hour. Absolutely. Not true. Like they're <laughs> fantastic. I can, I built this wall behind me, but guess mm-hmm. what? I'm not going to fix the plumbing system because in two days we're going to have what all over the floor. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that person has skills that I will never have. And guess what? I have to open up my wallet in order to pay her to do that. And electrical system, I'll fix whatever. I ain't touching those wires because I'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and people don't realize how quickly you can move up in those sectors, get those certifications. And so many times we see young kids that are hired out of a community college. They apprentice for one, two, three years, depending on the trade. And boom, they're running their own business. Yeah. Like how many times can a project manager, like we talked about earlier, leave the military, go work for some Fortune 500? You're probably not running your own tech company three years later. And and not to mention, and this is something I like to teach people that's always so powerful, no matter what you want to do, if you can teach people something and use the modern internet to do it, do you know how many people are making lots of money on YouTube channels, showing off their plumbing skills, their cooking skills, whatever it is? It's mind boggling and uh, anybody could do it. You just have to know something. You don't have to have a certification as long as you're teaching somebody something. So no, I, I think I, no, I'm excited that you came on. I'm really glad you brought this to, to my attention because I'm going to talk about the uh, the blue collar aspect of it more and more. I've always said we don't nec- necessarily need the degrees. I don't necessarily use mine in any way. <laughs> no, if it really helped me, but opportunities are out there. These jobs need to get done. Rich, as we're closing up here, 
where, where do you see a hey, three years from now? You're, you call yourself a tech company, right? Not as, as much as a recruiting agency. So where do you see you your guys' trajectory over the next three years? Three years seems like a short time. In this day and age, I don't think it is, but we got to have some sort of planning uh, thing. What's on the horizon? Where, where do you see the opportunities where you guys are going to... Well, I would tell my investors that we'd be getting acquired. And then I tell everybody else that what we're really working on right now, really hard as a team, is we realize just like right now we see Blue Recruit. This mm -hmm. is a place where, where a young veteran can go and land that job. What we ultimately want to do is be the career counselor for that individual. So let's say an E4 leaves the military. We get them a job as a construction worker at a local firm. We want to be the place where he or she can come back to and say, hey, you know what? 10 years from now, I want to be the su a superintendent at this construction company. Here's the path to do that. Here's all the certifications, the licenses, the skill sets you're going to need okay. to get. And here is how we can help you get those, whether it be online, in person, and be that, that depository and that almost career counselor for them. So that's our long-term, really 18, 24-month plan right now. No, I, th I think that sounds great. I think it would be a great uh, thing to collaborate with the transition assistance programs. There are so many of them, but they're doing new things with the skill bridge and stuff. So I, I bet there's tons of opportunity mm -hmm. uh, to do that. So no, thanks. Thank you for your ingenuity. Uh, figure that out. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know you more and what types of people we should be sending your way. But how do folks get a hold of you, Rich? Who should be contacting you? Where do they find you? Yeah, go to Blue Recruit. You see the words down there at the bottom, bluerecruit.us. And or if you can just Google Blue Recruit, we'll, we'll be the first thing to pop up there. If you're looking for a job, you're deciding to make that transition. If you're a skilled worker, if you're just wanting to start off, we've got tons of general labor type opportunities as well. And one thing that we've really seen, I, I'm really happy about this, all the hospitality workers that have just mm. had, I, I think they've been hit the hardest by this. Right. Um, you're a bartender, a waitress, a hostess, whatever. Don't think we can't find you a job because there's so many skills that, that are interchangeable amongst industries. We've seen folks that were laid off from Walt Disney World down in Orlando. They're now hospitality individuals at the world's largest Porsche and BMW dealership down in Orlando. So oh. you'd never would think of, oh, I went from being a Disney cast member to working at BMW. Mm -hmm. But tons of those skill sets are interchangeable. So if you're down on your luck right now, I'm super sorry, but sign up. We can help you out. Okay, great. Yeah, I think that's important anyways in, in, in our community to know we got to be ready to adjust because once automated cars come around, the the job description driver is going to disappear. So where do all those workers go? You don't necessarily have to get retrained. There's plenty of opportunity yep. uh, for skilled labor and stuff. Yeah, don't, don't worry about that automation. There used to be a bunch of people putting horseshoes on horses right. and they became mechanics. It just means there's going to be new things, but if you're not willing to adapt your skill set, you will get left behind. Technology yep. always wins. So keep that in mind, folks. No, I'm so excited for uh, you guys and, and what you're doing. And, and thanks again for uh, coming on and sharing your thoughts, Rich. All right, for everybody else, we will see you next time. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Well Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy 
and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.